to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're hosts of... <laughs> you uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on the podcast by, with our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5%. Right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show, 5 p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh. Let's watch full-length movies. Let's do a full-minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See you. Have you been missing out on live music and comedy? Remember Killer Dinners? Don't worry about a thing, because Soul Sausage Presents Pandementia has brought you the hottest, freshest, sexiest new beast in the Bay Area. The Oakland Unicorn Speakeasy Comedy and Dinner Club in Koreatown, Northgate. Featuring comedians from NBC, MTV, Comedy Central, Soul Sausage TV, and YouTube. Tickets and packages, showtimes, and information are all at oaklandunicorn.com. Sponsored by Soul Sausage, Reek Disc Electronics, 
and True Healing Collective. Grand opening weekend, August 6th through 9th, featuring Kabir Singh and Xander Beltran. Tickets on sale now at Oakland. Oh yeah, that's the trippy music. When you hear the trippy music, you know what time it is. It's time here on MutinyRadio.fm. Two o'clock on a Wednesday for... Some call me... Tim? Yeah, I still got it. There she is. That's Latoya. Sheriff of Truth calling in at the perfect time. Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth calling in at the perfect time. Latoya. Yay. Yay. Another week has passed us. Oh, dear Lord. You want to hear the craziest thing that happened last night at the Oakland Outdoor Mic? It has to do with news. We're at the Oakland Outdoor Mic, and one of the comics says, Hooray! It's for Oakland. Uh... Our new vice president is is going to, is going to be uh, Kamala, and a bunch of black people booed. They booed. They booed on the grass at Fairyland. They booed. They boo. And the comic on stage is like, what? 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 And they yell, "She was a prosecutor. She fucked us all." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" And then yeah. the person on stage was like. Yeah, but you like Trump better? And then we started a chant, like the entire Oakland Fairyland Park there started chanting, um, both sides suck. Both sides suck. <laughs> both. <laughs> but, the, but. but the point is, what are we going to do? We, do you want Trump? Like, I'd rather have a donkey or my cat or, I mean, Dolly Parton or uh, – Put a name, any name, is better than Trump. Yeah. It, oh, by the way, uh, I'm glad you brought Dolly Parton. Just a side note, she actually there's a cute video of her saying like, of course, of course, black lives matter. I mean, why wouldn't it? I mean, they matter just like my white life does. And so she is all for the BLM movement, which I'm not surprised because Dolly. Well, so and they she's, made a, a she, special. They made a special mural for her in um, Louisville, Kentucky, because that's where she resides. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, especially here in the Bay Area, know Kamala's dirty work. And so you're not going to have a fan. You're not going to have too many fans. But the reality of things, you have to get behind somebody. And where we're at right now, that somebody is at the orange monster exactly See, anyone but the is, orange monster people, anyone. yeah people don't realize strategy there's always a strategy in politics and in war and i mentioned that last week we talked about this week or last week about the fact of like yes it's joe biden is the the candidate we know about kamala's history and what have you and you know she is leaning more on the moderate side but also at the same time if you want this revolution to continue, yeah. there are certain things that you're going to have to compromise and give up for the time being yeah. in order to get what you want. Uh, and for right now, you, the most unpopular choice that you're going to have to do and be with is 
the Biden ticket. I mean, think about Lyndon B. Johnson. He was he his favorite word was saying nigger all the time. Behind so, closed I doors, mean, sure. Yeah. But yeah. but what did Lyndon B. Johnson do? Signed the Civil Rights Act, yeah. And the Housing Discrimination Act and so on. So yes, these are things that we're going to have to sacrifice for the time being until we get what we want. Did you already hear the newest mudslinging? I was so angry when I heard this oh, that Kamala is, is had, about a, her being had an affair with Willie Brown. It was, no, they, I heard that she oh, had an affair with Willie Brown in 1984. Yes. And I'm sitting. No, 1994. Or 1994, I'm sorry. I knew there was a four. I was oh, like, yeah, 84? That's... How old is she? She looked great. But I, she had an. She was in college in 84. She, but she, if they're saying she had an affair with Willie Brown in 94? Why are they already yeah, dragging that no. up? Who's dragging that up? Why? Who cares? Why uh, does because... it matter? It don't matter. You know, I actually commented on someone saying that, you know, call it, you know, sleeping her way to the top. And I said, well, aren't mo- most politicians whores anyway? Ah. You think about it. You got to whore yourself. You got to whore yourself to corporations. You got to whore yourself to the, uh, to get votes. You got to whore yourself when you get in the office. So what's the difference? They're all political whores. You, it's all prostitution. So I don't see a, I don't see a difference. And plus, let's not talk about all the sexual engagement that these male politicians have with their staffers and other people. Yeah, let's bring that to the forefront. If we're going to bring it up, let's fucking bring it up. If you're going to bring it on one side, bring it out on the other. And let's talk about Trump grabbing pussy again. If they're going to drag out that Kamala had an affair in 94 with Willie Brown, if they're going to bring that out and they're going to say that somehow her moral rectitude is in fortitudinous enough to be the vice president of the United States, then let's talk about the president and the 27 goddamn rape allegations that are still against him that nobody talks about, that he is a misogynistic pile of dog shit who doesn't see women as women, who doesn't see them as people, who sees this as objects, who used to own Miss USA because he can own women and he'd look in their mouths like they were horses, like they were objects for him to touch and play with, and his wife is 40 years younger than him? Let's fucking talk about that. Sorry. Rant early. Early rant on today's show. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no. I like it when you go into your rant. Um, But we don't even have to go there. We can talk about every senator, every congressman. We don't even have to talk about presidents or people running for office. All of them. I mean, hello, Bill Clinton is showing his face like He's not being accused of being at Pedo Island. Did you see? I, mean, I saw bald. a picture. That's... I saw a picture of him, and it's on Pedo Island, and there is like a child. There is a blonde yep. child rubbing his shoulders, like a young I've girl. I that picture too. A beautiful young girl, and I'm like, holy fuck! Yep. Because this is blowing my yep. mind. When all that PizzaGate stuff came out. I mean, it makes me – at the time, I was like, why would you make up a lie that so blatantly has no involvement with okay, the truth whatsoever? Okay, that pizza stuff is – that pizza gate stuff is debunked. Of, of course, that, of that's course. That's conspiracy theory stuff. Absolutely, but, we, but that, that there's a kernel We don't there. even need that. But that there was a We kernel. don't even need the pizza gate stuff. We, we have the fact of him being friends. With Jeffrey Epstein, but you know, I didn't. I I don't even want to talk about pizza. No, no, no. And I'm not like I'm only bringing it up to say that there was a kernel of truth in it. In that, when it came out, I was like, "This is ridiculous. It's so stupid. What the fuck is going on? Why would this even be happening?" Uh, But that 
I didn't know that the Clintons knew Epstein. I didn't know that Epstein was a child trafficker. I didn't even know who he was. And that's the most amazing thing that these rich people are all, that all, and then it, and then it stands to question, why, why do old, I mean, I guess it's like old gross men like to be touched by young women. Is that just, is that just it? Is that just the end of the question? Because it's like gross. Why would you want to have sex with a child? That's so gross. Because, believe it or not, that is something that a lot of people are interested in. <sighs> that is something and that is men and women. Like, there are certain people who are trying to run for office, who are trying to legalize pedophilia. Like the like, Nambla there people. Are, there, there is an unknown, this is my conspiracy hat tingling Let's a little it, bit, yeah. where you have a lot of pe- people in power who are trying to find ways to legislate easy uh, uh, easy ways to legitimize or legalize a form of pedophilia. <sighs> and so you have these people in power like we're discussing. Like, this is like, we don't even have to talk about politics. We can just talk about the entertainment industry. Oh. You know, it's Hollyweird and, and the music industry and some of the horror stories that you hear about that. Yeah, I just you finished. Know, it's always... I just finished reading Brett Easton Ellis's book, Imperial Bedrooms, that he started in 1985 and he finished in 2010. It was published in 2011. Brett Easton Ellis, people usually know him from American Psycho or Less Than Zero. Oh, I own that book, yes. So, and less than zero. And so this was the book that just came out in 2011, and I just finished reading it, and it's insane. He's he, the the character. The main character is the is a writer for scripts in in Hollywood, and the way that they treat young boy and girl actors between the ages of like 18 and 24. In the 18. They're, they basically use them and have sex with them and do terrible things with them. And when they're 24, they say they're too old and they basically throw them away. But this this book... That's what they do to child actors. Right. And it's just, it's this beauty... But then, but people have to buy into that. So all of these kids in this book are like, they're doing all these crazy fucking things, like fucking and doing, letting people beat them up for money and all this stuff, because it's somehow they're thinking that they're meeting a writer who's going to get them into the business. And and it used to be called the casting couch for a reason. You know, if you sleep with the producer, you you're probably more likely to get a role, or maybe you aren't. But uh, th- but that that concept exists and it's continued existing and we've been and now it's just kind of coming to light that you know, I just think it's gross when 16 year old dudes are fucking 16 year old girls I just think that that's gross yeah I mean this is why I sometimes don't blame you know certain women who know what they have to do in order to get to the top like you know that's sometimes what you have to succumb to going back to the Kamala thing like yeah. Yeah, some women are like, you know, I would never do that. That that's that was just like that is just so vile. Well, I got you know, I got a little story. I actually slept my way to get uh, a raise in my young in my young twenties. And do I regret it? No, because I wanted to. It was my choice. I mean, it. I mean, it was at the time when I was working at a health food store, so it wasn't that much of a come up, but. I, I got a little extra change in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, the fact of the matter is just, like, I, the misogyny of that. Like, we have so much to talk about her about her policy. Yeah. All these 
stupid things that are coming out, like she's not black enough, which we discussed last week. And now that, you know, she's like, you know, she slept her way to the top. Yeah, a lot of people have. So what? She already has something legitimately that we could discuss that a lot of people aren't fond of. Her policies and the way she's uh, acted as former AG here. All these stupid side notes. Well, how about this? So I just did the little the little Google test to see what I put in. If I put in Kamala, and here's what it comes up with: this it absolutely does not pass the Bechtel test. It says Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris parents, Kamala Harris husband and kids, Kamala Harris ethnicity, Kamala Harris family, Kamala Harris Joe Biden VP, Trump on Biden Veep pick Kamala Harris. She's very nasty. Trump calls Kamala Harris nasty. So when I put in her name, it doesn't say anything about her past or her policies or that she was a prosecutor. What it says is her relationship, her ethnicity, her parents, how she relates to the men around her. Man, even Google is fucking the patriarchy. Even Google. Oh, I'm so mad at everything because even the Google search bar doesn't view her as a person. It sees it doesn't pass the Bechtel test. It doesn't see her in relationship to other people. It has her in relationship to men. <sighs> and you know, here's we already have the stereotype um, in our culture, especially in with black women, that we're supposedly sex overly sexualized. You know that we, and this goes dates back to colonialism and slavery where we are used as just sexual, deviant is not the word, but just sexual beings, hence the raping of women in the slave quarter, you know, with the master. It's a literal object. Women have been objectified, but when you're a slave, you're literally an object. You're not seen as a person. You're seen as a belonging, as a possession, as an object, as a thing. And as a sexualized thing, and as a different thing, an other, and the other becomes so hot, you know. So yeah, but it's it's a literal objectification because people were things back then. I I, I can't. It's so hard for me to wrap my my brain around the concept that uh, even just a hundred and fifty years ago, even just two hundred years ago, women. Black people, black women, were seen as possessions, not as people, not as having volition, not as being intelligent, not as having the ability to learn. All of these things. Did you say 200 years ago? That's still to the present. Yeah, that's true, too. (laughs) I mean, you got people mad about Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion with the song called WAP, Wet Ass Pussy. So, I mean... Yeah, that is that's something that is not gone away yet. That stigma is still around. Yeah. And how do we change? You know, and even. <clears throat> oh, go ahead. Sorry. So, well, just looking toward what's happening with the presidential elections and what's happening with everything right now. Where have we are still? I feel like we're so behind. I feel like we're going backward. I, I felt like we made some great strides there for a minute, and now. <laughs> And now everything's sliding you back. You know, I, I'm going to say this, that, you know, the problem is we're so overhyped with sensationalism 
and 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 the drama and the soap opera of things where we need to focus on policies and things that affect us our daily lives like that whole the whole drama especially you know you bring up the fact that you know they come all in such a way to the top that is some sensationalism that doesn't benefit any of us no it doesn't what does that benefit how does this help and it's the dumbification also that the media has done to us and especially i'm going to say over the past 20 15 years of the internet yeah you know instead of looking at okay so she locked up these people or you know what what is her take on her policies today in contrast to when she was in office here. Sure. No, but we'd rather talk about... We'd rather talk about 1994 when, she, when she's not black enough and she and she fucked Willie Brown. That's what everyone wants to talk about, and it's yeah. terrible. Okay, How, so here's, what is, what is here are her policies. Healthcare. She was the co-sponsor of Senator Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All Act. Great. <laughs> she was the co-sponsor. That's great. She wants to eliminate private insurance. She clarified she wants to get rid of waste and bureaucracy in public insurance, et cetera, et cetera. I believe her on that. Abortion access. Uh, while in the U.S. Senate, Harris has ma- maintained a 100% rating from the pro-abortion rights group NARAL. As an attorney general in California, Harris let Hong Memorial Hospital Presbyterian stopped providing elective abortion when it entered into a partnership with Catholic St. Joseph Health System. The decision drew criticism from pro-abortion rights activists. So she flip-flopped once. Whatever. Coronavirus aid. She has endorsed the idea of a monthly stimulus check to Americans of $2,000 a month and $2,000 per dependent per month. She got me right there. She got me, yeah. Climate change. She introduced a $10 trillion plan to address climate change, the goal of which was to have net zero emissions by 2025 and 100% carbon neutral electricity by 2030. Love ya. She said she'd go after okay, major polluters. Okay, so I have something to say about that. Yeah, okay. I like, I like what she's saying there, but here's the problem. There's a lot of fossil fuel companies that, are, that donate to the DNC, mm. and she's got some friends. Mm. So I'm going to have seeing and believing Sure. on that when it comes to climate change with her. I'm with it, but uh, I don't trust the bitch too she, much she wants to on end, that. She wants to end federal subsidies for fossil fuel production. She also wants to end all okay. fossil fuel all right. development on public lands and conserve 30% of the nation's lands and oceans by 2030. Okay, so she's not, she's not hurting them, but she's not, she doesn't want to help them anymore. So she's basically saying fossil fuel production, no more government subsidies, and not on public land. If you want to own your land and be private, fine. But we as a federal government are not going to give you land anymore. You know, I kind of agree with that. I mean, I wish that we didn't have to have fossil fuels at all, but I understand it's going to take years and years and years to, to get that because there's so much money invested in it. LGBTQ yeah. plus community. Harris pledges to include members of the LGBTQ plus community in her cabinet. Yes, Queen! While she was California Attorney General, Harris declined to defend Proposition 8, California's law that defined marriage between a man and a woman. Okay. Marijuana legalization. She supports it at the federal level, but yeah. Uh, 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 uh. But she oversaw hundreds of marijuana-related convictions as California's Attorney General. So right, which we know about that as Californians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three strikes. Gun control. While she was a candidate, Harris voted to take 
executive action on guns if elected president and Congress failed to s act within 100 days. Harris has been a staunch advocate of stricter gun control laws. Harris supports requiring anyone who sells more than five guns a year to conduct background checks. She would have the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms take away the license of any gun dealer who breaks the law. Okay, so those are just like, those are the smattering points. I mean, I, and the picture they used of her, you can tell it's Yahoo News and they don't really like her because the picture of her, she looks very stern. And she can look very pretty. But not that she should look pretty. Not that you have to be skinny and pretty for everyone to pay attention to you. But she is really pretty. And and really smart. I don't know. I like I like yeah. her enough. I like her better than their other choices. I like her better than than father, mother, Pence. Father, mother, Pence. Father, mother, Pence. <laughs> then old, oh, old mother, Pence, lived in a shoe. She still believed in Jesus. She didn't know what to do. She said, uh -huh. she said dinosaurs and Jesus walked the land. And you, my husband, will walk hand in hand into heaven together because <laughs> COVID. That's hilarious. I, I just. No, I mean, I'm glad you read that, too, for everyone to hear because these are the issues that are important. This is, these are the things that, are, that affect us, not that other bullshit. I really wish sometimes these big news outlets would stop talking about the gossip of the day when you should be talking about the fact, okay, how does she stand on fossil fuels? But that stuff is boring to any average person, well, unfortunately. I just, so I just the put only in way that you're going to be able to... Kamala Harris gossip news. Kamala Harris gossip news, and this is what we get out. Kamala Harris and the rise of the Desi Alpha female. Members of Kamala Harris's family to nominate her at convention. The century of black women activists who paved the way for Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris hits back at eligibility, uh, eligibility conspiracy theory. Kamala Harris disinformation, debunking three viral. Let's look at this. This is New York Times. Debunking three viral fa falsehoods about Kamala Harris. Do you want to guess what they are before we see what they are? What do you think are the three viral falsehoods? Uh, that she wasn't born in this country. That's one. That's something that the uh, Republican Party is doing again. Sounds familiar, right? Sounds mm. like 2008, 2012. Mm. She's, uh, he's not from here. Mm. They're doing that with her again. Um, they're trying to say she's not black. That's another one. We discussed that one already. Uh, those are the two that I have for right now. Let's like, see. So this is false and misleading information about Ms. Harris has surged in the days since joining Biden's ticket. So here they are. False and misleading information spiked online and on TV. The activity has jumped from two dozen mentions per hour during recent week to over 3,200 per hour in the last few days, according to the media insight company Zignal Labs. Much of that rise is fueled by fervent supporters of President Trump and adherents of the extremist conspiracy movement QAnon, as well as by the far left, according to New York Times analysis of the most widespread falsehoods on Ms. Harris. On Thursday, Mr. Trump himself encouraged one of the most persistent falsehoods, a racist conspiracy theory that Ms. Harris is not eligible for the vice presidency or presidency because her parents were immigrants. So there's your first one. Sadly, this wave of misinformation was predictable and inevitable, says Melissa Ryan, chief, chief executive of Card Strategies, a consulting firm. So even the, the president is supporting 
the the falsehoods. Well, we know he lies. We know he loves to lie, so it's fine. Many of the narratives are inaccurate accusations that first surged during the last year of Ms. Harris's campaign to become Democratic presidential nominee. Here are the three false rumors. One, the Pizzagate conspiracy theory. I didn't even know they said she was involved with that. On Wednesday, a day after Mr. Biden announced his selection, the falsehood that Ms. Harris is connected to a child traffic conspiracy known as Pizzagate was published in the conspiracy-mongering website InfoWars, which set off a round of sharing on social media. Pizzagate hinges on the baseless notion that Hillary Clinton and Democratic elites ran a sex child trafficking ring through a Washington pizza restaurant. According to the rumors about Ms. Harris, she is tied to the conspiracy because her sister was invited by John Podesta, Ms. Clinton's presidential campaign manager, to a Hillary pizza party in 2016. By Friday, more than 4,200 tweets discussed the unfounded theory about Ms. Harrison's connection to Pizzagate. This is crazy. They're just talking about fake news. Okay, so this is fake news, fake news, fake news, talking about it, how many, how, how far it was. It's incredible how far it went and how many people have watched. Over 100,000 followers now and people are believing. Here's the second one. You, you clicked on it. Harris, Harris's heritage. Falsehood about Miss Harris's heritage, in particular that she is not black, were among the most widely spread misinformation. Uh, mentioned over 40,000 times. Kamala Harris is not an American black, said one tweet that collected 2,300 likes and shares, and it was first posted on Wednesday. She is half Indian and half Jamaican. She is robbing American blacks of their history. Kamala is as black American as Obama. This is what people okay. were saying. All right, let me let me say something ignorant about that, you stupid mother. Okay, this shit makes me so hot. Jamaica is an ethnicity or a nationality, correct? Yeah, you from Jamaica? You're Jamaican? Yeah. Who are the majority of people in Jamaica? Like, let's let's do basic fucking geography and history. Black she people. is part of the diaspora. She is yeah. black. She is and also Southeast Asian. The fact that these right wingers are trying to use that and that's what this is why I was so upset last week about black Americans falling into this okie doke because they're getting some of these talking points from these uh, right wing uh, trolls as well as uh, things that are posted on Facebook about her saying that she's not black, she's Jamaican. She, Jamaica, I've been to Jamaica three times. There's nothing but black people there. Yeah, uh, Jamaica, yeah, Afro, Afro-Cuban. And, to, and, they're, and, they're, and they're Afro, so the, they were, it says that originally it was inhabited the by. The Caribbean has fooled the first uh, drop off of the boat. Exactly. Of slavery were in the island. Exactly. It says so uh, don't you large, give me number, that large numbers of African slaves to Jamaica as laborers. Uh, this is Spanish did it. Because Christopher Columbus got there, so they had the Arawak and Taino peoples, and then it became under Spanish rule following right. Christopher Columbus, and then indigenous people were killed or died because of no immunity to diseases, and then the Spanish needed workers, so they forcibly transported large numbers of African slaves to Jamaica as laborers. So they I even mean, brought in they brought in Chinese place. and Indian, Chinese and Indian as indentured uh, labor as well. So they brought in people. Interesting. But and, yeah, then let, and, and then if you want to talk, 
there's also colonialism that happened in India, which is on her mom's side. Right, sure. So that's not... That should just really irks me so much, but sorry, please continue. Oh, yeah, it's it's just... um, There's... In Facebook post Tuesday night, Candace Owen, a right-wing commentator, posted a widely shared post questioning Miss Harris's Miss Harris's heritage. I am so excited that we get to watch Kamala Harris, who swore into Congress as an Indian American, now play the "I'm a black woman" card all the way until November. You bitch! I know it's so she terrible. A, well, it's just racism. It's them bringing. Can I? Can I? Yeah, go ahead. I no. Candace Owens, who I hate and loathe the most out of all of them, because, like I've said this many times, there's nothing worse than I hate than a sellout coon, and she is one of them. This is the same woman that sued the NAACP for uh, discrimination when she was in high school, but there's no racism. She's the one that's selling out her own people to the Republican Party. And by the way, I'm looking up my information on uh, Candace Owens. I believe... Her people, her, uh, there's, uh, I think, I believe she's from the Caribbean uh-huh. as well. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. Which, uh, hello, where's Jamaica? Yeah, I believe Caribbean. it's, I believe it's in the Caribbean. Uh, I just can't, it's so hard for me to wrap my brain, and, and this brings back to the being in Oakland and saying Kamala's name and having people say, ugh, and it being black people, and and that we talked about it, and that somehow people are saying she's not black enough. Are you, she is a brown woman. She's clearly brown. She is clearly a brown lady. She's, she's experienced racism she's experienced sexism she's most likely experienced classism she's worked her ass off she was the prosecutor i'm sure she had to do many things she didn't necessarily want to do and prosecute but you have to when you're like the da and then she's incredibly intelligent she's she can help uh, our country make good decisions that that are have a little bit more socialism in them i mean california is a good place for that it, we all just have so, to fucking back up a little bit and be like, nobody's, no one's going to be the perfect candidate. We are, because we tried to with Bernie, and they're like, well, his hair's all disheveled, and it looks like he's late for every meeting, and it looks like his shoes don't match. And it's like, yeah, because he cares about politics. I know he doesn't look presidential to you guys, but but our president right now doesn't act presidential. So well, what do we want? I just found something on um – Candace Owens, like I was just mentioning. So she got, um, last year, she uh, started disassociating herself from calling her black Americans, a black black American, because she comes from Caribbean heritage, and her uh, Owens is a Caribbean American heritage. Wow. So, so she's, my, she's double my, my selling thing. out. She's double selling out. She's not just selling out fucking black people and, and doing being the C word, as you said. I'm not going to say it because it's not my place to say it. <laughs> but she's not only selling. She's selling out both sides of her heritage. For what? Yeah. For what? You get a kick down from the president? For that check. For that check. For that check. What you know, she better be careful. That? She's going to end up like Herman Cain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, because she don't believe in masks and stuff. 
But I mean, <sighs> please continue what you're saying. No, just I, I just, it's, I, just I don't found like, that out. I don't like to see people being bought and sold still. And especially, no. especially if they're black and they're selling out, it means you're being bought. It means you're remaking yourself a slave to someone else's idea ideology. Thank and, you. And Thank you. She's exactly returning. She's is. definitely not helping. How dare she not help the situation? But, but the thing is, uh, for these coons, coons have a short uh, shelf life. Mm. I mean, Ben Carson. For example, think. You remember that uh, coon Sheriff Clark? He was the sheriff, black sheriff, that was always on Fox News, wore the cowboy hat. We talked about him a while ago. You don't hear about him anymore. Why? Because they uh, got rid of him. Diamond and Silk, you remember those coons? We talked about them, I think, maybe last year or a couple years ago. They're these two mammies that coon it up for the Republican Party, and they look like a bunch of stereotypes. It's how about this? And I'm, and like we got they don't got gold tooth and all that. <sighs> they they got fired from Fox News, and now they're trying to sue Fox News for discrimination, which is quite <laughs> funny to wow. me. Well, because they recruited it up. There's the lady who um, sold out to Donald Trump's commercial that was played on the Super Bowl last year. Ah, yes. That, that's another one. It was like, one. President Trump yeah, is the best thing that's ever happened in the history of happenings. That's and <laughs> that was like, how much did you get paid for that? I mean, I know that the commercial itself <laughs> for that 30 seconds must have cost $4 million, and I hope they gave it all to you. I hope so. No, you know they didn't. You know they just gave her a piece of chicken and a smile. Well, uh, <laughs> what will people sell out for? I mean... And as things get scarier in these COVID times, it's and I hate to bring it back to the Nazi Party because it there's a strange like correlation between Trump and and Hitler, but and Germans at the time and Americans. Like, if you're scared enough, when do you join the Nazi Party? Do you know? Like, let's think back to that movie um, Sound of Music, and in the beginning, it's so sweet, and there's Liesel, and she's singing with her boyfriend, and he's so blonde, and it's, like, I am 16, going on 17, da 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 da. We're in love, and we're in the rain. It's so beautiful, la. And then Sarah he becomes, he becomes a Nazi boy, and it's like, is it fear it's that was that it? will turn us? Uh, Sound of Music. Liesel, the oldest daughter, you know, she's she's in love with the boy. And oh. they dance in the gazebo in the rain. And the song is, I am, you are 16, going on 17. I forgot about that, yeah. And then it's, it's just one of the plots of the story. But he sells them out at the end and blows his whistle and says, ah, they're trying to escape. And it's like, you were in love with a person, supposedly. What turned you to the Nazi Party? Was it was it fear? Was it money? Was it the promise of a better future? Was it worried about your family? Like, what is the reason? And is that what's is that what's going to happen to us in the race war? Like, which side we choose, or what happens, or how? It's like having black policemen right now. Like, if you're a black policeman, like, how do you? I'd be really interested to, like, interview someone. How do you justify the BLM movement and be a black police officer right now unless you're, like, constantly standing up against 
the systematic racism and saying I joined the police because I'm trying to be the change I want to see. I haven't seen anybody like that. So I don't know. I'm just scared for the future of as COVID gets more and more scary and are things going to be money obviously is going to become scarce. I mean, it is just ones and zeros floating through the air and why can't we just make more of it and decide that it exists or whatever for everyone or why is it a finite resource? Why is anything a finite <laughs> resource? We, we got to keep growing. But I'm it, once just, scarcity comes, the divide is going to, to widen and we're going to have to choose a side and I don't, I'm just hoping that fear doesn't, fear doesn't make people choose unwisely. Well, we already talked about fear and there's the thing, white fear. So that's already happening, you know, because they, you know, we discussed this last week, you know, that's why you see a lot of, a certain demographic of people that, and I'm not even just going to say all white people because we just talked about coons, and then some of you uh, Tio Tamazes out there, because I got a name for y'all too, you Tio Tamazes. I'm talking about the Latin people now. There's some sellouts in that demographic as well as some um, really planted eyed uh, coons. Uh, I need to find one for Asians as well, a derogatory statement. Uh, but, I mean, the point is, you know, that fear of, oh, no, it's going to be the scary, you know, people of color and, you know, that white fear that is coming out. And that's what's killing people. Yeah. You know, that I think to me that's what's always killed people, the fear of the unknown. Yeah, absolutely. But this is quite different because the time they know that, you know, we have the numbers that the population change is less than 20 years away. And so that is something, you know, they really want to hold on to their white supremacy. How, but how is that, that even that, a fear at this time? Why is that a fear? The fear should be COVID is going to murder all of us. And it's murdering our economy. Oh, yeah, and it's totally. murdering our jobs. It's murdering small businesses. Nobody, there is so much fear because no one knows what's going on. No one knows what's going on and no one is fucking telling us. Nobody is telling us. Are we going to get another stimulus check? Am I going to get my $600 back pay? Am I going to be able to survive? Is my business going to be able to survive? Is anything I've worked for in my entire life going to have any validity? Am I going to be able to pay my rent next year? Am I going to have to move back in with my parents? They've already taken out a 30-year mortgage on their house. A, a, a back mortgage. What is money? What does it mean? What's going to happen? Are we going to be okay? Nobody's saying shit. Nobody said exactly. shit. Nobody knows what's going on. Are, it, it, this is like, do we even have a government right now? Did everyone just say, oh, you know what? We don't have a government anymore. Is anybody doing anything? I don't even know how to renew my business license because everything is closed at City Hall. Nobody knows what's going on. If there's any time to have fear, this is the fucking time. Like, and somebody, I agree. somebody, I agree. somebody it's, needs to like, hold my fucking hand. What is going on? What is going to yeah. happen? What is a government? Why do we pay you any money? Do you still get money? Are you still getting a fucking paycheck? None of us are, but the government is, but nothing is happening. Like what? What? And, right. and we keep and, building and, buildings for who? Who's going to be able to afford to live in them? No one has jobs. And uh, are you going to put us all into FEMA camps? Like, <sighs> well, that, I mean, 
everything that you're saying is very true, especially, you know, now we're going to get into the economic sector, you know, since, you know, Congress and the Senate have not reached agreement because uh, the $600 on your unemployment, that ended on July 1st. July 31st. 31st. Well, I, so, I got I got yes, in under yes. the I got in under the gun, so I think it's going to happen. I hope it's going to happen, but they won't tell me. But I need for that to happen for me to survive the rest of the year for Mutiny Radio to exist. I need that $600 because there's no there's no other way that this but, place can survive without it. But they won't tell me whether I'm getting it or not, and nobody's getting back to me, and no. I don't know if it's really going to happen. It's not I'm on my I'm telling claim. you right now that what's going on in Congress and the Senate is. No one has made a decision. They slashed that $600 right now. Right now, we're about to face a big housing crisis because of uh, the PP, uh, PPP loans. I don't think they're giving those out really too much anymore. No, I didn't get the one. Unemployment. They, they told uh, the payment yeah, protection the, program for small businesses. They told me I tried to apply for one. I couldn't get one because my business doesn't make enough money. Can you fucking believe that? Mutiny Radio doesn't make enough money? That they couldn't, they couldn't give me that free money. That, and that's, and by the way, that's taxes that we still pay into. Just, just to let you know. So not, we're about to face a big housing crisis if the Senate does not sign something because we're about to have 25 million Americans out of their homes because how much, how unemployment for some uh, people, unemployment is about to run out. On top of the and, and and the Republicans are not talking about extending it at all. And then there's also there's a landlord tenant that they put uh, in for a lot of people uh, who can't afford the rent to basically, you know, uh, I forgot the complete the uh, appropriate term, but basically you don't have to pay your rent because of uh, because of COVID. Um, so, but that is about that's in limbo right now, and. The economy is falling into shit, and we still, by the way, we still have, what, 40 million people unemployed, no jobs coming in. So we have, and then we don't even have to talk about death, but then health insurance. All this is economic. Oh, yeah. And there's about to be, this is going to be a shit storm, yeah. But this is also why I need people to stop talking and having a, a tipper tantrum about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris when the fact that at least I know that they're they're smart. So they know, hey, if we don't give these people sign up or get these people money, our economy, our, our, our economy is going to sink even further. Yeah, because we are going to buy. You know, I haven't bought. I Okay, so here's – I didn't spend a lot of money anyway, but I haven't – purchased anything in a store not on food stamps in uh four months i haven't gone out to eat i haven't gotten any takeout because i can't afford it i haven't bought a pair i mean i found two pairs of shoes on the street thank god i haven't bought anything my personal economy is at a standstill how many other people are that used to buy things like I used to buy alcohol. I used to buy cigarettes. I haven't bought anything. Like, we we as Americans, that's why I think they're going to exterminate us soon, is that we as Americans, all we had 
because we didn't exist to them as people anymore. We were little dollar signs walking around buying things to keep the economy going, getting a new iPhone, dropping my iPhone in the toilet, being bored of my iPhone 8, getting an iPhone 9, bye, bye, bye. Oh, I need to get the case. I need to get the thing. I need to get a new cord. I need to get this. I need the new shoes. Bye, 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 bye. Little dollar signs walking around. What happens? What happened? Now, those little dollar signs aren't dollar signs anymore. So you know what we are to our government? Fucking worthless. All we were before were little walking dollar signs. They don't see us as people. We are objects. We are all fucking slaves to capitalism. That is what's happening. They have turned us into slaves, and now we can't be their bidding slaves anymore and buy the things. We have no value to them because we don't have monetary value. They don't believe in the intrinsic value of fucking humanity. Four rants today. Nope. Four rants. <laughs> I just hate. I hate that. I hate that we live in a place that's supposed to be built on life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which is basically respecting ourselves and our neighbors, and saying that you have value, and I value your thought and expression and what you want to do with your life, and all of that is fucking gone. Everything that we built this country on, that people believe in, that say like, "Ooh, that's why I should make America great," that's why I should Trump, blah, blah, blah. Look at our Constitution. Fucking look at it. Are we really treating each other? Are we really giving people life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? No! No, not at all! And that's what we were founded on? And now we... Our happiness is meaningless unless it is tied in some way to economics. If we don't buy, 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 then we have no value. And that has to change or we're all gonna die. They're just gonna kill us because we don't have value to them anymore because only people with money are worth anything? Is that what we're thinking now? And I guess it is, because Jeffrey Epstein can <laughs> fucking rape children and his wife, lady, person, and all the other rich people. Fucking Prince Andrew can rape children. Our president uh, can rape uh, women because they have enough money? Is that what it comes down to? O.J. Simpson can kill his wife and that poor guy. People can kill people and get away with it if they have money. We've known it for years that people with money are somehow super gods that we should all bow down to and give them our pussies and throw money at them because they aren't people. They're gods. They're somehow better than us. They're fucking humans. And you know what's going to happen with COVID? Everyone gets to die. Oh, I'm sorry you're over 70 years old. You're going to fucking die. I'm sorry. Everyone else, the entire economy has to break down because you're afraid of dying. You fat fucking piece of shit, Trump. You know why you're going to die? Hopefully soon. Because you're 6'3 and you're 300 pounds and you eat McDonald's and you don't work out and you're a sweaty piece of crap and you probably, I mean, probably still has prostitutes blowing him and, and he has to pee on people or whatever the fuck because he's what? somehow better than us? No, he's not. We're people. Well, I, I will say this. So, you know, his you know, his brother died last week and my joke for people well it's not much of a joke. I've just been saying, Oh, the Grim Reaper, Reaper took the wrong brother <laughs> <laughs> He got he got the wrong memo. He this was the last uh, wrong brother wrong brother yep sorry but you didn't are you blind your death death is so old he needs his reading glasses he went to the wrong house the last third thing um that we need to debunk here about kamala is this jesse smollett 
one of the most convoluted lies that spread oh, on social mood media. God. Actor Jussie Smollett. Don't you remember we were talking about this last year? Yeah. Planning to stage an assault against himself earlier this year. Some unsubstantiated narrative. FBI alleged assault. Why is this? No records. Okay. This story no should be dead. So what they're trying to do. Okay. So this is a little bit of Chicago news. Yeah. So Kim Fox is a black, uh, black uh, uh, prosecutor in Chicago. The police union and the departments do not like her. Obviously, for her reasons, um, she's a black woman that does not go along with the police all the time, and so the fact that connection with uh, Josie Smollett, what the, basically this has the police union trying to go against what Kim Fox is doing, and they are trying to find a, they're basically trying to find a way to get her out because she's up for re-election. So they're bringing back this Jesse Smollett story, which is not important. It's not like he murdered someone or robbed somebody or raped someone. We have plenty of those, but, I mean, we have plenty of them in the police department, but they're not getting the police hunting them down for something like that. So the the tie is the fact that Kamala and – was it Kamala's sister along with Kim Fox something? It's it, it's yeah, it's uh, it's baseless. It. It's baseless and, and non-existent, basically. And they just had to debunk it again because people are bringing it back up. Because rather than talk about her policies and what she could do to help change the United States and the crooked policies that exist, and cut out some waste and figure out some stuff and uh, help us all, but instead, basically, Kim Fox prosecutes prosecutes cops. Uh, That's why they're going after her over this. So anytime you go up against the police unions or the police force, they will find a way to do something like what they, they're doing to Kim Fox right now. They, they're known for doing this to uh, progressive and especially black uh, prosecutors. They're doing the same thing to uh, uh, another black prosecutor in St. Louis, and they're doing it to a progressive white uh, – uh, I forgot his name. Uh, he's the prosecutor in Philadelphia who believes in prosecuting cops for their bad actions. God bless them. So, <laughs> exactly. When cops make, they're people too. That's the thing is, who are our gods? Exactly. Who are our gods? And the cops don't like that. The cops don't like that. No, because they think they're gods. They think they, they've got the gun and they can do whatever the fuck they want. We've got the gun. we got the laws. I, it's our laws. It's our rules. You know what? No. It's, we entrusted you. I'm going to li- I, I'm going to leave you on this note, too. So just this week in New York City, the police union, which has never, ever did this before, just endorsed Donald Trump. What? The police union in what? New York City. Yes. They've never endorsed a candidate, a, a presidential candidate <sighs> until I, now. My, I, You know that That's expression lot, that right? your heart just sunk? I literally, like, I have a... My stomach is like, it just went, oh. So you know where they stand. Well, the war, the, you can't, that, wow. (laughs) Wow. I mean, I get it from people in the military, because if you're in the military, technically the president sort of is your God. Like, your life doesn't really exist anymore. 
but as a you have policeman. a whole force that we pay taxpayers. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Protect and serve. Protect and serve who? Not us. Well, it's so scary. <laughs> That's the thing. I from week to week as things get scarier and stranger, and I still there's they've set us up for this because there's so much misinformation that's being passed. There's so much fake news that is literally being shoved around and not enough real news of what's actually what we can do and what is going to happen. And if anyone gets to ever work again, and if all of our small businesses disappear and if all of our artistic outlets are gone and if all of our, entertainment like you get i mean get a bunch of people that have no entertainment you want to start you want to start a fucking riot give a bunch of bored idiots <laughs> nothing to do and no money to pay for tvs what's gonna happen like there someone's oh, gonna start a football oh, and game your, and your case and your cable gets cut off yeah so have cable so yeah <laughs> and there's no more football so you don't think people are gonna fight in the streets right. Like there's right, no because I don't think there's gonna be football this season. Mm, so there's no catharsis. There's no. The, are we gonna start having coliseum gladiator fights again, but six feet distanced? Like, <laughs> let the slaves fight it out. They don't have any money anyways. One of them will get food. Ha ha ha. <laughs> on that note, we're 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 leaving on that. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I just got a visual of that. Yeah, I, it's every, every. I need to get I, if I could get a tattoo. I need to find one of my tattoo artists that's willing to do it for me. But I've wanted it for a while on my chest plate that says, "Everything's gonna be okay." But in my script and backwards, so I can see it in the mirror. So every time anyone else looks at me, it looks like I don't know some weird <laughs> elvish writing or something because it's backward. But for me, every day in the mirror, I can look at it and be like, "Everything's gonna be okay." Yes, and then and and hold yourself and hold myself. I know, because I'm the only one that can do it now. Six feet away, no more hugging. Don't touch any. Nobody touch anything. Okay, I love you. I miss you. I want to touch you. I want to hold you. Love I love. You. I love all of your Facebook pictures. You're uh, looking great, and not that it has anything to do with how wonderful and intelligent and clever you are, but you also you also look you look real pretty i like i, I like this this pam wearing dresses this is like you can dress down and up and you know yeah i am being i i i'm just being a girl about it i'm like look at you standing outside but it's it's better to it seems like it's better to do comedy outside it, it seems like your energy is a little bit more up 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 yeah it has to be a little bigger because you have yeah. But yeah, I'm wearing skirts. I'm looking cute. I'm trying to, you know what I'm trying She's to do. She's feeling herself, y'all. feeling myself. Well, and, and I don't know, I get a lot of, I've, I've never indulged in the positive attention from men because I was either married or in a relationship and I was always kind of skeeved out by it. But now I'm like, y'all paying attention to me. I don't mind. Also, like how much yeah. attention do I actually <laughs> require? A lot more than you think. So, I mean, it's just like, for me, it's like extra audience members. I'm like, let me tell you a joke, too. I'm also incredibly clever. <laughs> which is which is incredibly sexy Aww. and attractive. So, Aww. yeah, I said sexy. Well, here's the thing, though. Ain't nobody knocking down my door for dates. Well, I mean, I guess we can't because it's COVID or whatever. But there's yeah, that's right. there are no, I mean, other than the 
guys in the tenderloin that are like, give me your number. And I'm like, no, they're tough. Stop it. Talk to me. No. Other than those people, like no, no one's really clamoring for my attentions. So well, I, I don't know. No one's going out. I guess, but no one, I mean, anyways, we could talk. We no could, one's going out. We could talk online. We could zoom. There you go. No, I don't want to even do that. Okay, well, I love you, and I'll see you, talk to you next week, and you're great. Next week, y'all. Bye. Next week. Bye. Hopefully, that was LaToya. She's amazing. LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth. Hopefully, Ken Suzuki is going to call in. That would be fantastic. Uh, until that happens, which it hopefully does. Uh, he's a comedian out of Minnesota now. He was here and so supportive and wonderful with Mutiny Radio for so long. And gosh, I adore him and uh, miss him very much. But uh, if he does not call, then after I'll put on an old something else, uh, something cool. Maybe maybe the Winnea one again. I love it. I love, um, hey, tomorrow night, season seven alone finale ah! I, I hope all three of them make it I don't want to spoiler alert for anybody but uh, there's only three left and they're trying to make it to 100 days and boy oh boy oh boy do I hope it's a girl oh I hope both girls survive I know Roland will he's going to make it obviously but um, barring a crazy injury but boy oh boy I hope the girls make it too I, I just want to see some women win some month just and they already have done an amazing job out there in the wilderness. And so has Wonia from season six. She made it 73 days. That was amazing. Go check her out at Buckskin Revolution. And she had sent me some news about Grass Valley, and they're trying to reopen a mine there. Might uh, Maybe I'll play that one. Play that in the interim, and we'll be waiting for Ken Suzuki. Hey, thanks for listening to Mutiny Radio. You can go to our GoFundMe at Mutiny Radio GoFundMe. Or you could just put some money in the Venmo if you want to be super kind. Mutiny Radio, all one word. And come out on Friday. Don't gather. Uh, definitely keep your distance in the street. But we have comedy on the street, an outdoor show on Fridays at 7 o'clock. And this week we've got Griffin Daly, Sam Carroll, myself, Pam Benjamin, probably Drea Meyer. She's been killing it um, at open mics, or outdoor open mics all week. So, all right. Thanks, guys. We have some urgent news from the front, thanks to Wania Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Season 6 of Alone. Go check her out on her YouTube. She sent me some important Community Environmental Advocates Foundation news. Canadian firm proposes opening Grass Valley Mine. Public comments are due by August 17th, 2020. This is very, very time-sensitive in that August 17th is next week. And Grass Valley, California, Nevada County recently announced that a long-awaited public process will begin on a controversial proposal by Canadian mining company RISE Gold Corps to reopen the historic Idaho-Maryland mine. Located in Grass Valley, the mine op last operated in 1956 and shut down due to a financial difficulties and diminishing production, yet it left behind a legacy of both a legendary gold mine and a prolific amount of environmental damage. 
the lure of possible untapped riches has continued to this day. As recently as eight years ago, the previous owner, M-Gold Mining, abandoned its second effort to open the mine due to an inability to resolve environmental issues and exhausted financial resources. Now RASE Gold is betting on succeeding where others have failed and has submitted mining permit application documents to the Nevada County Planning Document Department. On Friday, July 17th, Nevada County released a notice of preparation that summarized the project and starts the public review process. Citizens are invited to give comments and feedback on the plan by August 17th, 2020. That's next week. There will be no virtual public hearing. Instead, the public is invited to watch a pre-recorded presentation that will be posted for viewing by July 27th. Citizens will not be able to give verbal comments, but are being asked instead to send a letter with their concerns to the county. Community Environmental Advocates Foundation members have asked the county to extend the deadline on the comment period until September 16th so that the public has adequate time to review the proposal and send in their concerns. Quote, this is a massive and complex project with a permit application of over 100 documents to serve the public interests and assure that all the potential impacts are studied. We are asking the county to provide more than the minimal 30-day review period, unquote, stated Ralph Silverstein, CEA Foundation President. According to the project documents, mining will take place 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The main access to the mine and processing facilities will be located at the 119-acre New Brunswick site, located at the corner of Brunswick and East Bennett Roads. About 1,500 tons of waste rock and tailings will be processed from the mine daily, with most of it being deposited on-site or trucked to the 56-acre former mine site on Idaho-Maryland Road west of Centennial Drive. Over the course of 11 years, these built-up engineer-fill piles of mine waste will cover 75 total acres to heights up over 90 feet. They will be graded on top so that they may be utilized for future development. The mine waste will be transported by trucks, making up to 100 round trips per day, 16 hours per day, seven days a week. Quote, I don't think people have an understanding of how impactful this will be to our community. We're looking at a two gravel quarry type operations in Grass Valley, built upon two sites covering a total of 75 acres, more than 100 truck trips daily, and all the noise and dust associated with that unquote, added Silberman, Silberstein. Three years ago, a Canadian firm, Rise Gold, purchased the properties and began preparatory work. A prolonged period of exploratory drilling was a constant source of irritation to the neighbors due to the round-the-clock noise, and numerous complaints were filed. Already, cons conservation organizations, local residents, and community groups have expressed concerns about the mine's impact on air quality, noise, traffic, groundwater, local habitat, and threats to domestic wells in the area. The proposed highly industrial mine site is surrounded by residential neighborhoods. One major issue from the previous effort to open the mine was the impact of dewatering the miles of underground tunnels, requiring pump pumping 
out 250 acre feet of groundwater into South Fork Wolf Creek initially, and then perpetually pumping after that. All of this water must be treated to remove pollutants. In addition to the impacts proposed, uh, of the proposed dewatering, the plan indicates that a long stretch of the creek will be encased in pipes to act as an underground storm drain for the entire property. Quote, we are concerned about the nonstop discharge of large amounts of water from the mine into the creek, unquote, stated Jonathan Keene of Wolf Creek Community Alliance. Quote, South Wolf Creek should not be treated like a storm drain, Keenan added. We are concerned about chemical pollution from mining operations and about local wells becoming polluted or going dry. Residents of the area also expressed concern about the impact on their neighborhoods, quality of life, and home values. The proposed buildup of mine waste rock and tailings on the main Brunswick site backs up to rural residential neighborhoods where people have settled seeking peace and quiet in the natural setting amongst trees. Quote, when we bought our home, the nearby Brunswick site was zoned for light industrial, which didn't concern us. But to open this mine, they needed to rezone it, which will change the very nature of the area we live in, stated Christy Hubbard, a resident of Grass Valley. And like many of our neighbors for miles around, we live on a well that produces the sweetest water and costs practically nothing. It's not clear to me that any expert could absolutely guarantee we won't lose that. Strong local opposition to reopening mines is certainly not a new thing in Nevada County, but recent history raised the level of concern to new heights following the opening of the Siskon mine in 1995. After posting a significant bond and gaining assurances that the wells in the area were safe and the impacts of dewatering the mine, a permit was granted, only to find that within a short period of time, wells were sucked dry and rendered unusable. Quote, water is the most precious resource in our foothill communities. In the mid-1990s, as a result of the Siskon Gold Corporation operators, we lost numerous residential wells on the San Juan Ridge due to catastrophic dewatering of our aquifer, explained Sol Henson of the San Juan Ridge Taxpayers Association. This included the loss of the well at Grizzly Hill School, the primary grade school of the ridge. Since that event 25 years ago, Grizzly Hill School still has to treat its water for contaminants as a result of that mining activity. Much like the dewatering plan proposed by RASE, Siskon promised everything, and then suddenly our wells were ruined. We hope history doesn't repeat itself, unquote. The notice of preparation is available on the county website. That's at mynevadacounty.com 3054 Environmental Impact Record. Again, that's www.mynevadacounty.com backslash 3054 backslash environmental impact report. Information on how to submit a letter to the county can be found at cea-nc.org mining. Now is the time to make sure the county is right asking the right questions about the Idaho-Maryland mine. The mission of the Community Environmental Advocates Foundation, CEA Foundation, is to perform research, education, and advocacy to promote public policy and actions resulting in responsible land use and environmental protection in Nevada County and the Sierra Nevada region. All right. Wolf Creek Community Alliance, WCCA, is a volunteer-run 501c3 nonprofit organization focused primarily on cleaning up Wolf Creek and restoring this neglected community resource to a condition of optimal health and integrity. 
for the benefit of all its human and wildlife inhabitants. That's at wolfcreekalliance.org. And the primary purpose of the San Juan Ridge Taxpayers Association is to promote the environmental, social, and economic well-being of the San Juan Ridge community located in Nevada County, California. All right, so that was an update from Winnea of Season 6 alone, and there's some Grass Valley crazy stuff happening. But she, uh, that happened, you had to have all your stuff in by Monday, so we'll see what happens. Hey, you just on the phone, Ken Suzuki. Yay! Yay, hi, Ken. Pam. Hi. Pam, how long has it been? Way too long. Oh, boy. Oh, I miss all your jokes. I miss how deadpan you were and how, what weird, disgusting things you said that confused everybody. Oh, how are you those doing? Compliments? Yeah, they are. Those are yeah. Of course, those are compliments. <laughs> <laughs> you have a unique style and presentation. I always enjoyed your well, stuff. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm doing well. Uh, I'm doing very well. Uh, Sullivan in the Midwest, trying to get as uh, much stage time as I can out here in Minnesota. Uh, have a kid now. <gasps> now I what? Fatherhood is now part of my life, so that's interesting. Wow. How old is your kid? Six months. She'll be seven, seven months um, on the 25th. Wow. Wow. Well, I guess that's what happens when you move to Minnesota in the wintertime. You just, there's nothing yeah. else to do but have sex, right? Uh, yeah, man. It's uh, have sex and not pull out. Yeah. And you just see what happens, man. That's just what happens. It's just like nature. In these COVID times, you had a baby? You had a baby right before COVID. That's got to be a mind fuck. Mm -hmm. What kind of... Two months. She was born in January, and we didn't think anything of it. (gasps) You know, we're like, your baby can't leave the house. Oh, my God. Uh, If, If she does leave the house, do you put on a little mask? No, what happens is when she leaves the house, first of all, we stop taking her to most public places. When she leaves the house, it's out in the bright sun on trails. We're just for walking purposes for the most yeah. part. So wow. she walks in the sun every day with me for 15, 20 minutes before she takes a nap. Yeah. And my neighborhood, there's nobody out, generally speaking. Yeah. So it's safe. Super it's safe. Very open air, very settled. And then, like, gets her D3. She gets exposure to the, to the elements, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and fortunately, she's not... The children are vulnerable, but not as vulnerable as the elderly. Right. Um, so we try to just keep her away from people. Sounds weird. Like, you don't want your kid to be away from people, but you just you keep everything very tightly controlled. Right. That's wow. what you do. Now, it can be difficult. I mean, because kids are so you, – you work with babies. They're a high energy. You would not have to you'd be surprised, especially now that you can crawl. Yeah. Uh, how much you have to do to keep them entertained and keep up with them or something. Oh, yeah. If they get bored, they're going to take the remote and flush it down the toilet. Well, not yet. I mean, when they're like a year and a not half, yet. that's the kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, when you start where, walking, that's what i got to Yeah, about, you're yeah. like, where's my phone? The baby has it. Uh, what? One of the things, I was, I was nannying for a pretty small child, and I had a book in my backpack, and I brought out the book, and she swiped on the cover of the book. She didn't know how to open it. She didn't understand the concept of book. And she held it and swiped it with her finger. And this is like a like just under two years of age, probably, child. Right. And I was like, what is happening to our world? She thought it was a tablet? She thought it was I mean, a tablet. Like. <laughs> she, yeah, yeah, she like didn't understand the concept of book and swiped to open it. I know. No, my wife and I are super paranoid about, about screens and blue light. We're like, too much screen time? Will it, like, 
fuck up her attention span. So yeah. I don't think we're going to put her in front of a phone or a TV or a computer until she's at least two years old. Good. And even then, we might limit the, the time to, like, an hour a day. You know, like, yeah. games. Like, just get everything. I found out, like, everything when it comes to learning, if it's turned into a game, it makes learning for a child much quicker and faster. So I'm not going to deprive my child of those those opportunities. Yeah. I don't want to do that. So that's a big thing that I'm, I've been thinking about that in education, languages, right. so things well, like that in education. Education isn't even going to exist in her future? Like, is everything going to be homeschooling and these small, like, small group projects? Are, is is there going to be a national education system anymore? Who knows? It might, it might very well be. I mean, it's a little more intimate, a little more personalized. Uh, as long as I can take her to places for gatherings uh, outside of the – so there's the formal education system, right? Yeah. And then you got the informal stuff that you can still learn, but it may not have the, the, the fancy letter at the end of it. I'm not as worried about her, that, like, the prestige of where she goes as long as she comes out with the knowledge. Right. But I do want her to be able to learn. Because, for one, Pam, I think you're distrustful of, of, of what you know, what might be taught. Yeah, too. 100%. If these propagandized. Uh, you mean you've read lies my teachers told me, I'm sure. Like well, that. I used to know. teach. I used to teach in high, junior high and high school, and I was absolutely indoctrinating children with things that were not necessarily true. <laughs> so okay, see? Okay, right there. So it's making sure they learn the critical thinking skills, yeah. learning how to discern, learning, you know, the basic, um, I would say, like mathematics is a very objective, the basic objective thing. Yeah. And with that knowledge, if she can get access to a library, bookstore, to other collaborative minds, then, oh, you know, the sky's the limit. Sure. As long as she can get connected to the other minds that are thinking. That's what I want to try to foster as a parent is just putting her in the right places. Right. To well, make the connection. Critical thought is oh. so important and that you're keeping oh, away from screen time because screen time is just passive imbibing of images. There's no oh, thought. There's no thought at all. Oh. Even oh. But books are great because you're looking at words which are letters, which are symbols, but they're the symbols that get put together into words, and those words yep. make pictures, and then those sentences make stories or thoughts. 100%. And then, mm -hmm. so when you're reading, you're doing some really higher order thinking because you're right because they you're taking sorry, you're taking in symbols and you're turning them into images as opposed to anything with a screen. You're just passively taking in whatever images are being shown to you. And you have no, with, yeah. you have no way to, to to value that as truth or not truth, really. Mm -hmm. Or a critic, you, you don't, don't have to it, do any metal work. Metal, no work is involved. Exactly. So it's it's more difficult to foster critical thought when there's no work to create the thought. So I don't know. Hundred percent, I agree. I remember when I was a kid, and I think you should do the same. Like you're, if you're, especially if you if you see your teacher or your parent trace the thing trace. The, the words with her finger as she speaks and you're looking at the photos. Oh, yeah. You begin to associate everything. Because, you know, kids are sponges. Yeah, um, they can learn anything. Even things you don't yeah. want them to learn. <laughs> exactly. Well, right now, my kid hasn't heard my mouth yet. I don't think she understands it, but soon I'll have to be a little bit more tame with how I speak. Uh, so, like, kids make terrible... Uh, with my type of material, too, I remember I, I used to... A couple times I would mention that I had a kid, 
And then after I got off stage one day, the comic that followed me was like, give it up for Ken Suzuki, ladies and gentlemen. That man has a daughter. <laughs> like, you know what? I'm not going to tell people I'm a parent anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, you could probably use it for a good punchline. It's the same way that I used to use uh, – I talk about abortion and stuff, and then I'd be like – so I'm a nanny. <laughs> I touch baby dicks for money, or and it's yeah. and people would be like, oh, like you touch you you hang out with children for money, and you just said all those things about abortion. I'm like, I love kids. I just don't want any of my own. Mm-hmm. Like that's all. <laughs> Only because I, it would be irresponsible, especially in these times. I don't have, a, I don't have a real job uh, anymore. You know, like how would I? And it's so I mean, define, scary. What, wait, what, what is a real job, though, Pam? I mean, you do feel like what you're doing isn't providing a service and value to the community and people that are listening. I, I and, do, and but I don't get city. really paid very much for it, so it's That's not quote-unquote real. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, is this all we're doing? So the nannying is no longer happening, I nope. assume, because parents are locking everything down. Yep. I have is it. all your income essentially from what you're doing with the station and it, with Tommy? It is. It, it is now. Um but I haven't, I haven't been able hey, to. Hey, you fucks, donate to her Patreon if you're listening to this, oh, all right? thank you. Yeah. We lost the brainwash in 2018. There's another, we don't want to lose another staple to the fucking community. Thank you, I'm Ken. preaching to the choir. Well, I, I used to work at Bender's. I was a cook at oh. Bender's, so that was my secondary um, livelihood, was that I, I cooked at the grill at Bender's for three years or whatever. And... Um, that is gone. Benders might never even come back as a bar. So the cooking job in there isn't going to – and nobody's hiring any new chefs anywhere. So I'm SOL there. So I've been throwing all my time into the station, and it needs it, obviously, because I'm trying to keep it alive. And, you know, we'll see. If I get all my unemployment back pay, if I get that 600 magic dollars that I didn't know everybody was getting, but then they were getting it, and then I'm like, I can get that too? What? That'll save the station. But they haven't told me whether I'm getting it or not yet, and I'm so confused, and I don't know who to talk to, and I've tried to contact blah, 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 business of life. But if that stuff comes through, then everything will kind of be okay until January. And then, okay. But then that's the thing is nobody knows what's happening. There's no end in sight. And for San Francisco, it's so weird because only 70 people have died in San Francisco mm-hmm. County. So it's like... Did we do something right, or did we just not get affected, or is it a hoax, or what is it about San Francisco? Is it just San Francisco County? Marin County is the only. I mean, the rest of California has had much higher cases. I I assume that Los Angeles is a little bit higher. Yeah, Los Angeles Uh, is quite a bit higher. Yeah, Um, and then Oakland and Berkeley would also have their own thing going on as well. Well, but. in it's in the in the Bay Area as a whole, which is nine different counties, there have been like yep. I think just over fifteen hundred deaths. So that's not even that bad either. Like I, that I don't know what we did right, or if everyone's just in such good shape that we didn't get it. Or I would say immunity, probably for one. If I were to completely go off of um, unverified speculation. You're right. You guys are in great shape. You walk everywhere. You're in the sun all the time, except when it's overcast. But you're okay in San Francisco, hit and miss. But you're getting exposed to the ultraviolet a lot because you can go out. You're walking. You're hiking. 
So you're getting yeah. that to keep you, you safe, yourself safe as well. And I think that that active level actually helped a lot of folks out in, in an area like where you where you are. Um, stay safer and stay more resilient. Well, That's just my speculation. We have 8,500 questionably housed people in San Francisco. And I, I saw three of them shooting up into their leg on the street yesterday. They're just willy-nilly everywhere now in tents just everywhere, tent cities and all this crazy stuff. Gotten worse since when I was there. Though. Oh yeah. Oh, it's that's bad right now because of COVID. It's bad, but none of them are sick. Like they're still shooting up heroin. Like I don't think they care if they were sick. But where? I'm just. Maybe that's the prophylactic that we don't know. <sighs> Maybe heroin has a prophylactic quality to it. It's heroin that's keeping this up. Maybe I even heard a rumor. That's the thing that's making me crazy. Is that. I don't know what's fake news. I don't know what's real news. Everything's such a bottleneck of news, and it's so much of it's hyperbole, and so much of it's just whatever people want to just their own experience. Uh, But people have been saying that smoking pot and smoking cigarettes somehow keeps you safer, and I'm like, come on, why are you just (laughs) blatantly making up lies? But. Maybe, because I've been smoking more and I haven't gotten sick. So, yeah. And it's the end of the world, so I'm like, ah, smoke them if you got them. Like, <laughs> keep your lungs strong. Uh, so, hey, I know it, if any comic still comes to the open mic that works for Google, send Sundar Pachai a notice to maybe cut an endowment or a grant to the station. Yeah. I know you guys still show up at the station. Sorry, I'm doing a PE. Oh, you're so sweet. Ever since you po- posted that shot on Facebook, it's like, motherfucker, man. You can't lose. If you were the first open mic I ever attended in San Francisco. Oh. You were the first. Yay. And so that that was like, it kind of a, was a, an imprinting. You, and then I met Tony Sparks. So it was like Pam and Tony were like the two in my mind, I think, of people holding down oh. comedy. Um. And so to hear, actually, and, and I'm glad to hear that he's healthy now. So to hear that the mutiny was having trouble, it's still to me like, come on, guys. Real, yeah, and it's it's so ridiculous because I did my ta- taxes for last year relatively recently. Yes. And the entire overhead of the station, the entire cost of what it cost to run it last year, all told, of the money that came in and out of the station was $53,000. That's it. Fifty-three grand. That's nothing for Google. That's nothing for rich people, actually. $53,000. And that even paid me. Like, that was everything. Rent. That's the crazy dichotomy of your city, man. Right? Is how the people live right on top or next to each other. And, and to see that you'll still have this type of struggling thing going on when, when at the same time there's a whole class of people in the Bay Area who would never even know or be affected by any of this, except for if it's inconvenient to them like on their walk through the street or if they go to a tent city or something. Right. Uh, I mean, Twitter's headquarters there. You got that. Then you have all the people that work in Silicon Valley or the, the South Bay area, you know, whatever, living in San Francisco for the cult culture. And so that's all, you've got all that there. And at the same time, we have what we have going on. It's such, it's such a surreal experience. It, it is. Person. And that people who worked at Twitter would complain. I read an article in the – Actually, it was in the New York Times, funny enough, but they were talking. It was written by a Twitter person in San Francisco saying, like, I have to step over homeless people to get to my job, and this is disgusting, and it should totally be cleaned up. And it's like, well, 
you making $250,000 when you're under 30 working at Twitter, you know, and then a person who's like, there's an easy way to fix this is you don't need $250,000, sweetheart. Like, is that how much you need every year? Really? Do you? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, that's not even enough. Like, I just can't even. So I, I feel like everything could be taken care of if my overhead's so low. Like, it is very low. I live, yeah. I live personally off of like $1,200 a month for my rent, for my food, for everything. So. Like it's possible to live a pretty sweet life in SF and mm-hmm. and do it for super cheap, but it's it's rare and it's difficult. But Muni Radio only cost fifty three thousand dollars to run last year. Oh, so yeah, small. Not a lot at all. I know. Like just one. All I need is just one rich person. Just one. You know, or like Google to say, oh, free speech is important. <laughs> the only problem is if you start taking money. From like a, right. They're gonna be like, okay, here's your money, but um, we got here's some talking points you would like you to start pushing for us. Right. Well, that's, that's a hard point. I was worried. Um, iHeartRadio came at me with a deal once, and they were like, hey, we'll give you ten thousand dollars if you let us kind of take over the name Mutiny Radio. And I was like, ten thousand dollars, huh? And they're like, $10,000 a month, and you can have all this stuff, blah, blah, And I was like, oh, but I looked into it. They're owned by Clear Channel. And it would be like they would be running all the programming, and they would be – it would basically just change the entire – it would have changed the entire way the Borg at that point. Right. I mean uh, – Yeah, part yeah. of the Borg. <laughs> we will assimilate you. There is no more free thought here. So are they doing outdoor shows in Minnesota? There are, uh, well, so they are doing a lot of very, very socially controlled uh, distancing of, uh, of venues. They're not all outdoors. Like, well, like, so, for example, I go on tonight to an open mic, you need your mask. Uh, tables are very strictly delineated. You know, where you can go is, um, everything is very strictly strictly controlled, put it that way. And some mics still haven't come back. We've had a few come back. We've had a few people at showcases come back. But so, for example, the Acme Acme Comedy Club is back in business, uh, and and really? it is almost empty when you go in there because they've completely arranged rearranged their seats. I think at total now thirty people. Wow. Okay. Forty people total at all, and it's a big. It's not a small club. It's like meant for like two hundred, three hundred people. They just shrunk down their seating spots and made given. Uh, huge gaps between where people can sit. Sure. Things like that are being done. Um, every every time people go on stage, there's a, there's a, a, a mic disinfector who goes up there after every comic to wipe stuff down. Right, right. That's what you're doing essentially now. Um, I drink, unfortunately, I was like, man, we're going to have all these restrictions. Can you at least like, lower the cost? You can't ask them to lower the cost of their booze. There's less customers. Um, I just I, I I I go out on those nights. I drink my shots at my bartender, and my logic is: the more shots I drink, the more I disinfect my mouth. <laughs> Do you so, have a joke about this? Do you have a joke about this? I get on this? stage. 
That's a great joke. I just, well, no, I, I can write one, and then I go on stage. Big shots go on stage, big shots leave stage, and I'm done. That's hilarious that, yeah, no, well, in COVID, you've had to become an alcoholic just to disinfect your mouth. That's a really exactly. funny joke, Ken. You should think about that and write, write around it because it's a great opener because you're already there, especially if you get on stage and take a shot, and you're like, oh, this is for COVID safety, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's, a, that's great. You'll get – that's nope. very funny. Well, the silver lining about COVID, though, is if you ever get in a confrontation, you can avoid fights by just breaking into a random coffee shop. That is something that's awesome. <laughs> really this is great. This is great material. No one's done any jokes like that. That's really funny. Of course, Have you, you could talk so much uh, shit to people now because no one's actually going to fight you. <laughs> oh, no, no one wants to. I will, I will cough in your mouth, sir, if you come Mass here. beef. <laughs> it's time to have beef with with other comics because they are too afraid to get close to me to hit me. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, how are you feeling about the mask? Now, mask, it's interesting. Uh, you're not in the place. You, you're not being told to wear them outdoors as well, like on like an open-air hiking trail or anything like that, are you? Or is they've, it, just within- they've asked us to wear masks all the time except when you're in your own home i don't wear them outside i only wear them outside if i'm like walking by a line at a grocery store or if i'm walking by a line of people if there's a lot of people and they're all wearing masks and they're waiting for something i'll put my mask on if i'm walking around i'm not wearing my mask if i go inside anywhere obviously i put my mask on because you're supposed to do that um, yeah. I've been matching them to my outfits so that I always yep. sort of look stylish with my mask on. and um, But I realize that no one will give you shit for not wearing a mask if you're eating or smoking. Uh, so now I'm a exactly. bulimic chain smoker. It's so much more healthy. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my I know it's actually a lot of venues that can't do outdoor seating will make you wear a mask and you sit down at your table. Yeah, weird. But I'm like, guys, is there a way to control the amount of, like, the, the – the spittle if I talk too loud or fast. It's really hard to control. <laughs> but I think that's way, well, that's our way of trying to cope with this whole unknown. We want to keep our life normal, but we're afraid to go back to normal. So we make these kind of weird compromises that don't always don't necessarily make sense yeah. from a strictly health point of view. But if we were to if we were to be as restrictive as some people think we should be, I think it would drive us all crazy. Yeah. Oh, Personally, I couldn't. I think we're already being driven crazy. I mean, a lot, almost every, people in San Francisco really, really did stay home. And in the beginning, I was very, very nervous about being out, but I was safe about it. So there's, you know, I'm, I'm a different case than everybody else. I don't have kids. I don't have parents close to me. I don't have any family around. I don't have old people around me in any context. I live alone with my cats and I work here Mm -hmm. at the station. I haven't taken a bus. I walk every day. I walk here. I I walk back and forth. I don't take cabs. I don't. So I, I'm walking like two five miles a day back and forth to work. So I'm not like in, encountering people there. I'm not encountering. Oh hi! I'm not encountering anybody at my well at my job kind of. But they're the same people who've been around forever. So I don't know. Like anyways, mm-hmm. I'm not being dangerous. I don't think. But everyone else, I think, is being a lot more careful than I've been. Because I don't really. No, I think what you're doing seems pretty reasonable, though. Particularly, like I'm, I was, I'm told I'm kind of cavalier, but I'm like, if I'm not going out, if I like, when I go out walking, I never wear my mask unless I have to go inside somewhere, or if I walk really close to a group of group, a 
close to a group of people I do. I have the next thing. Yeah. So I just pull it up real quick, pull it back down when I get done. Because I'm not going to lie, I don't mean to sound like a pussy, but that constriction on my nose, after a while, I'm like, I, it, it's not as easy to breathe when walking, so I pull it down. I don't, when I'm indoors, I don't like it either. Oh, yeah, okay. So I'm like, not no, 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 you're not. I don't, I don't like wearing a mask. I hate it. I mean, hey, put a mask on your baby and see how quick it takes for your baby to take off the damn mask. Like a puppy. Your baby's like a little puppy. And, like, if you put a towel on a puppy's head, like, they're going to take it off. They're not going to. Same thing with a a baby. If you put a mask on a baby, it's just going to rip it right off. It's not going to be like, oh, this is good. I'm going to deal with this shit. No way. Six months. I. What does your baby look like? I haven't even. I need to go through your Facebook and look at pictures of your baby. I feel like a dick because I didn't know you had a kid. I actually don't take, I have not posted many photos of her. I got one when she was born on my Instagram, the day she was born, but I, I don't know, I have this weird paranoia. Maybe it's because I talk so much shit and I make fun of so many things on stage, or I'm just kind of a sturdy guy on stage, so my kid getting trolled, yeah. or me getting trolled via somebody attacking my kid, and not I'm very cool, attached yeah. to this thing, so I'm like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't put my kid up there yet, and I'm not going to lie. Well, and I'm, you know what? I'm so glad because I haven't seen any and I was feeling like a dick and now I don't at all because you've been hiding your children from everyone. Now you should feel like a dick. You're hiding your child from everyone. No, I know. It's fine. I wouldn't want to. No, actually, I I probably would. I have a friend who was also a time. I remember her telling me, he's like, you're a fucking, no wonder you don't tell people you have a kid. (laughs) I forgot what I was saying. She's like, that ball you had joke? Can you go home and you like play with your daughter? I'm like, well... What can you do? Yeah, you're. I, you had a really funny bukkake joke back in the day, and you, you, you kiss your baby with that mouth. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Yeah, hey, Ken, I think you're like our only Patreon person. So thank you for holding that down. Yeah, That's really change, great. Man. I forgot that we even had it until you reminded me, and you were like, "Tell people to do the Patreon," and I was like, "Okay." I, I was, well, they appreciate the content. I mean, you have a lot of people. That, I mean, you've got. You've got your people who, of course, pay the the studio rent fees and things like that who are for use of that. But then you also, I do think you have quite a lot of other folk who are connected, if not through their own programming, but connected loosely through the station, either through yeah. the, through comedy or through hanging out for some of the musical showcases and the improv or, or the, 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 the shows themselves. Because of that, I'm just like, there's enough people I think you could get a decent supply of supplemental income coming into the station to keep it supported. I'm gonna start. Okay. I'm gonna start pushing the Patreon harder. I, it's just, it's just a thing I need to remember to do. There's just, I'm just one person. Um, but there are so many different ways to beg for money, and I need to employ all oh, of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do it all, man. I'm what like, mean? I'm like, I'm an artistic panhandler. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, give me your money. It's anyways. I'm I'm sick of asking for money. I just wish that it would all just float through my fingers like little pieces of paper. Now, when you started this company, or when you started Mutiny essentially as a company or a corporate, you started it as a uh, 501c3, right? No, it's a, it's always been a sole proprietorship. And, oh, but so yeah, it? yeah, with all my shit on the line. That's why I freak out all the time is it's like my fucking taxes and shit. And when I first did this, I hadn't been on the grid. I hadn't paid taxes in 10 years. I was completely, I had completely disappeared. I didn't have any bills. I had nothing. I didn't exist. And I had to put this in my name. And I'm like, I, it, it was, I was like, fuck, man. So, but I did. I, 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 I jumped back on the grid and I put everything in my name and, and, um, for better for worse. right now. 
being able to live off the grid. Yeah. Completely have no responsibility like that. I'm like, ah. Oh. Well, nothing, even nothing's in my name. My my apartment isn't in my name. The only bill I have is like my Go phone that comes out of my account automatically, my burner phone. And other than that, I don't have any bills in my name except for the station, everything else. And even at the station, the only thing in my name is the lease and the business permit. Everything else is in everyone else's name. So I don't have – I'm kind of – I'm still – I'm pretty visible anyway. That's really nice. <sighs> but, yeah, it's just, but we're under the umbrella of um, the 501c3 Media Alliance. So if people ever want to donate large swaths of money, um, you donate it to Media Alliance and say care of Mutiny Radio, and then they cut us a check for 93% because they take 7% because they give us their 501c3 number. So I can get, like, in-kind donations. That's why I got the chairs for here is that I had that number from Media Alliance. And whenever we get a big donation, people usually go through them. So I, I just couldn't afford to be a 501c3. It's too expensive. It's like four grand and a bunch of lawyers. And I just, it's just not my, I'm just oh, not good man, at paperwork. Yeah. I'm just like, I just can't do that. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. I'm thinking, man, if I could get you, we only knew a really good accountant who would tell you, hey, this is what you do to get tax kickbacks, do this registration, what can be written off to maximize. Uh, to minimize costs and maximize your um, your profit. Well, do you remember Marty Cunney? Was he around I when do. you? Yeah, he's he's an accountant, but nothing's happening right now. Like it's. I well, mean, yeah, actually, right I now, should ask him. Been arrested. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. And unfortunately, I'm thinking right now. Shit, this is COVID time. Everybody right now that can struggle is struggling. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, that's why I really want California. I want the states to begin to at least open the economy. Tell people, hey, take these precautions. Businesses can mandate masks or social distancing policies, but allow more people to be free exchange so their money isn't Exactly. Cut off. I well, can I finally sell my pot food on the street? Like, can I? That's, yeah, why? I'm like, like come on. Like, okay, I, I don't want to like do that. I mean, I should. Buy. You can't do, I guess, legally because of whatever. Uh, regulation they have but if if uh, who who replaced Edley? whoever replaced Edley, that person was oh like, it's you know uh fucking she's the lady it's she's the black lady i'm so i'm so terrible all, all i can think about is kamala harris right now but it's not it's the other one it's i don't know what her name is okay if you're like you know what people who want to sell pot brownies on the street and have stands like lemonade stands without any permit just go do it because we're all struggling if they want to make change extra change Hey, Ken, hold on for a second. I have to say something to someone. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Oh, now I took my headphones out. Okay, there. Ken, you still there? Ken, you still there? Hi. Ken. London Breed. London Breed, that's her name. God, I should know that. <sighs> London Breeder to be like, you know what, guys? We're going to allow people to do other things to get money flowing in their pockets until shit gets back together. Uh, that way you're not, you don't have to feel like reliant or dependent on this this unemployment that may or may not be coming. Yeah. Go do your own thing. That'd be fucked, dude. She'd probably never lose a re-election campaign because people would be so happy. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, oh, and I know. So, uh, any, that, anybody help me. <laughs> well, we'll see if yeah. I get if I get my unemployment, everything's going to be fine. And if I if but I don't know. I don't know what's happening and they're terrible at communication. So whatever. 
Yeah. This is when you say this is from the state or is it federally waiting for them to get back uh, to you? From the state. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. I had I had that one stimulus check, but it didn't even cover like one month of rent. So, uh, you know. In California, fuck no. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and no, in San Francisco particularly, 1200 can be that not a lot yeah, at all. I know. In the Bay. Well, Ken, you're yeah. the best. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you. I got to go. I'm so happy that you called. It's wonderful. And congratulations on your life and your baby and all that wonderful stuff. Yay, Ken Suzuki, yay. Thank you, Ken Suzuki. Okay, everybody, that was some Call Me Tim. That was Ken Suzuki calling. If you remember him from comedy in the past, he used to be a very funny man. He used to do stuff with us here. Okay, bye. Of swimming uh, through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Anti-Trump is the antivirus or antibody to the Trump virus. We're a global alliance of humans standing up against the Trump brand. Antitrump.com started four years ago on March 19th, 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better world. Nobody thought it was going to be this bad. Most of us probably figured it would just be four more years of the same old... He was a 70-year-old babbling Nimrod. How bad could it really be? Treason is the last of his felonious activities. The Trump brand has hijacked our government and sold Lady Liberty to the mob. We are a leaderless and without the most basic healthcare systems and community services. COVID-19 is a pandemic, but the Trump brand is the virus. Welcome to the antivirus. Go to antitrump.com and spread the word. Individual politics aren't important. What is important is that we stand together as a unified voice and say enough is enough. That's antitrump.com. Welcome to Strictly Bad Vibes, your personal complaint department. Um... What, what the hell are we talking about? Um, whiny people and their stupid complaints that we requested they send us. Why do we do this? Why, why are we doing this? <laughs> None of which matters in this equation because it is his choice to carry such horse shit on the fucking train. 
And he was yelling. He was like, "Move it, bitch! Move it, bitch!" And uh, and uh, I wasn't. I wasn't. I'm just not. I'm not moving it. You know. I've arrived. Why should I move? I don't like what work has been giving us at our free lunches. One one five three four zero one nine seven six, and it does not spell anything. One one five three four zero. One nine seven six. Go for it. Call in, guys. think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit 
thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're hosts of... <laughs> you uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on the podcast by, with our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5%. 5% yeah. Right. I'm time. so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show, 5 p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh. Uh, uh, let's watch full-length movie. Oh, let's do a full-minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See, See you next Have you been missing out on live music and comedy? Remember Killer Dinners? Don't worry about a thing, because Soul Sausage Presents Pan Dementia has brought you the hottest, freshest, sexiest new beast in the Bay Area. The Oakland Unicorn Speakeasy Comedy and Dinner Club in Koreatown, Northgate. Featuring comedians from NBC, MTV, Comedy Central, Soul Sausage TV, and YouTube. Tickets and packages, showtimes, and information are all at oaklandunicorn.com. Sponsored by Soul Sausage, Retisk Electronics, and True Healing Collective. Grand opening weekend, August 6th through 9th, 
featuring Kabir Singh and Xander Beltran. Tickets on sale now at oaklandunicorn.com. That's oaklandunicorn.com. Just talk into it. Just talk. Dot FM. MutinyRadio.fm is where you're tuned into. Flat Black Plastic is the show. <laughs> <laughs> 